Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. I've been getting a lot of questions. We've been having a lot of conversations lately about what it looks like to be a passive investor. I think, you know, everybody understands uh, investing, you know, in the 401k or like a Vanguard, a mutual fund. For the most part, uh, that's what we're used to and accustomed to. And in many respects, that is just obviously passive investment because you're putting your money into a fund and you're letting someone else invest it. It's interesting because we don't think about that as being a passive investor, but the reality is most of us are already uh, really great at being a passive investor. What we're not so great at is being an active investor. And so, you know, one of the one of the things that we love to teach is, you know, how do you get into being an active investor? Uh, you know, whether it's through real estate, whether it's through owning businesses, etc. But really, I think the pinnacle and the thing that we all really need to aspire to is how to become a great passive investor. And I think even if we, you know, want to understand what it looks like to be an active investor, you're going to at some point in time want to learn to also be a great passive investor. So that's really what we're going to be discussing today is how to be a great passive investor. And if you're interested, uh, if you like to read, uh, I would encourage you to uh, get on my, my mailing list. If you're not, um, you can just go over to either one of my websites. You could go to uh, www.michaelayella.com and sign up for the blog. Um, we talk about a lot of this stuff and this is actually a, um, this is a blog that was written in, uh, 2020, uh, December 31st, 2020 is when it was put up on the website. But again, title is how to be a passive investor. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I think in this day and age, like I said, everybody should, uh, be considering passive investments because, um, that's where you're going to really get access to, uh, you know, a lot of deal flow. Um, but it's just like an active investment. You really need to learn to look at a lot of different deals. You need to learn to trust the operator that you're working with and really vet them out because just like an active investment, um, you know, you could easily get into trouble with a passive investment as well. But the one thing that I will say about that is that, you know, one of the reasons why um, so many people, and this is what the uber wealthy do, uh, invest passively with other people is because, you know, if you want access in your portfolio to self-storage, I mean, everybody understands and knows about self-storage and thinks it's a great idea. You want access to car washes, you want access to laundromats, you want access to mobile home parks like like we uh raise capital for and, and have investors with us. You, you want access to maybe a single family portfolio in you know, 30 different states. It, it'd be really challenging for you to build that business out. Well, this is the way that you can get, again, access in your portfolio to a lot of different uh, types of deals. I got a buddy that raises capital for um, industrial projects. And, and, and a lot of times too, when you look at the passive investment op- options, there's so many different, you know, like this buddy that I was telling you that Uh, I was just talking about that does industrial deals. He's got an opportunity zone deal. So if you had a big exit and it doesn't really fit a 1031, you could invest, you know, that money and defer the taxes for like 10 years by going into an opportunity zone deal. Well, maybe you already are investing in in industrial, 
but you don't have an opportunity zone deal and you've got a tax problem. I Right now, this time of year, we're having a lot of conversations with investors that are reaching out because you know, they sold properties this year or they had a huge gain in their business and they've got a tax problem and they really want to invest in multifamily or mobile home parks or whatever, like I said, and get that tax depreciation. So again, I think it's really important that we learn how to be a great passive investor. And uh, here's a comment that Sun Tzu said in uh, The Art of War. Every battle is won before it's ever fought, and that's the truth when it comes to passive investing. Michael Jordan is considered the greatest basketball player of all time with skills and abilities rarely seen in the NBA before or since his time. Everyone remembers the year that he won the slam dunk contest, right? When he took off from the free throw line to glide gracefully like through the air, slam the ball home to beat Dominic Wilkins and, and bring home the crown. Michael Jordan was athletic, but his six world championships with the Chicago Bulls didn't become, uh, they didn't come to pass because of pure athleticism. Obviously, according to um, Tim Grover, Michael Jordan's longtime trainer, when he was with the Bulls, Jordan's key to success was a laser-like focus and a maniacal preparation. He would just practice, practice, practice. Um, it was everything he did before playing um, in, in an actual game that contributed to his success, whether he was practicing with the team, working out on his own, his airness, if you will, only uh, thought about improving. I love that, his airness. Only thought about improving on the hardwood. Michael would shut down everything outside of basketball and just train. Grover um, said in a recent interview with uh, Basketball Network, three workouts a day, workout, golf break, workout, lunch, golf break, workout, dinner, bed, every day. No commercial shoots, no promotional tours, no events, just work. As in Warren in sports, it's the same in passive investing. So becoming a great passive investor takes preparation. That's the thing that I really want to point out. It takes doing all things leading up to and turning your money over that will determine your success. It takes commitment and due diligence just like in sports. Central to passive investing is relying on someone else to shepherd your money. So the key to becoming a great passive investor is choosing the right steward in the right markets, investing in the right assets that align with your own investment goals. The loftier your goals, the more you should demand of the promoters of the passive investment fund. You often hear the most successful athletes talking about success starting from the person in the mirror. It's no different with passive investing. You need to establish clear objectives to what you're trying to accomplish. One of the things that I love about being in GoBundance is it's really grown and scaled is, um, you know, there's so many different investment opportunities, number one, but there's so many different people that are vetting deals and it's just a great place to learn from other people on, you know, what what does a great passive investor look like? So step one to becoming a great passive investor is to define your objective. So what is your objective? For finding your motivation for passive investing, you have to ask yourself the following questions. And if you are driving or something and you want to you know, listen to this later and, and write this down, or again, just, just go sign up for my blog and you can get it off the website. Actually, you can just go read it on the website. Again, find, ask yourself the following questions. Are you dissatisfied with Wall Street? Is that why you're exploring passive investments? What is it about Wall Street investments that are not meeting your expectations? Are you more interested in security and capital preservation, or are you more interested in building wealth? Are you looking for an income stream? Are you looking for appreciation? What is your investment window? Long? Short? What is your risk tolerance? What type of returns are you seeking? These are all great questions that you need to ask in step one. Step number two is know how to screen deals. Passive investment funds offer a variety of strategies, goals, compensation, and business structures to meet the needs of a variety of investors, so it's important for you to have a clear understanding of your goals, objectives, and strategies to make sure that they align with those of the fund. 
If you're seeking a cash flowing business but have a low risk tolerance with a short investment window, a technology startup or commercial real estate fund are probably not good matches. Picking the right fund requires asking the right questions like the following. What is the experience and the track record of management? Because private investments are passive, investors will have no hand in the management. This most vital step in the whole process, scrutinizing the managers, their experience, and the track record is super important. Do they have the requisite experience and knowledge in the industry, geographic market, and asset class of the central business that they're raising money for? Or is this their first rodeo for everything? In other words, is the particular business in the manager's wheelhouse? Be leery of managers undertaking a business that they don't have any experience with. What's the expected rate of return? Investors are in the game to make money. Analyzing the potential ROI, return on investment, is essential to weigh the capital commitment and the opportunity against the potential benefits. When estimating returns, be mindful of any fees or costs associated with the investment as any management fees or business expenses may diminish any expected returns. Is there a defined exit strategy? An open-ended investment is a sign of a lack of vision and a plan for executing that vision on behalf of the fund's managers. Having a clear exit strategy is essential for investors to know when they can expect to withdraw their initial capital along with associated profits. And listen, things go wrong along the way, and this is why it's important to you know, know up front what the expectations are. And then when things do go wrong, if things go wrong, then, then you can you know, plan and adjust. Uh, Challenges happen in business. Challenges happen in real estate. We've had some of our projections and some some of our portfolios not perform as we expected, and and that's part of making sure that you know you're teaming up with the right person. Can they can they fix the outcome? Are there adequate disclosures in the offering documents? Um, and this is kind of a deeper subject, but um, you'd be surprised at how many promoters there are out there that are soliciting capital without formal offering documents like a private placement memorandum or what we call a PPM. The SEC's the, the SEC says that the lack of a PPM is one of the top 10 red flags that you're being scammed. First of all, are the documents competently written? Does it have typos? Does it have false information, etc.? If they pass the smell test, do the offering documents provide adequate disclosures for you to gain the sense of the company's strategy, business plan, and the likelihood of success? Is there enough information about the company's proposed business? In other words, do they know what they're talking about? Is there enough information to be able to see through the smoke and mirrors and weigh the facts presented objectively? Do the financials make sense? This is a, you know, a big part of it. Does, does what they're saying um, in, in the PPM and the financials and the time frame, uh, does it make sense and, and you know, do, does it seem like they could probably deliver? Right now we're in a really interesting time when it comes to you know, interest rates and there's a lot of people that have a you know, they've got a three-year business plan and they have to refinance in three years. If, if it's dependent on a refinance and, you know, they were projecting that at a 5% and we might be at 7 or 8 or 9 or 10%, is it going to, you know, destroy their plan? You need to look at that stuff. What are the risks? Nobody wants to think about their investment tanking, but it's better to know the risks beforehand than to lose all your money. Kara and I invest passively in other people's deals and we're a great passive investor even though I'm an active investor, I'm a really great passive investor because I vet the deal out, I find the operator I want to invest with, I invest with them because I trust them, and then I let them do their job. I'm, you'll, you'll rarely hear from me um, as a passive investor unless something's going wrong and, and you ask or need or want my help. Um, so again, nobody wants to think about losing all their money, but when Kara and I invest passively, this is not like our final $50,000 that you know we're planning on retiring on. 
Um, this is money that we are putting at risk as an investment. I don't want to lose it. We don't want to think about losing it. But the reality is, um, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to put my last 50,000, like I said, in somebody's deal. If, if I need that money to go out there and, and make money for me, but also if I lost it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't bury me. And that's also why I think you should spread some of your investments as well, because, um, you know, whether it's through different operators, whether it's through different market sectors, um, you know, different types of asset classes, I think that's important. So when you look at this, what are the market risks? What are the industry risks? The company risks, management risks, legal risks, regulatory risks. Does management have any processes or steps for mitigating these? What's the worst case scenario? Do the investors have security or priority in the funds in any in the event of a liquidation? So, and then step three is due diligence, meeting the management, um, you know, I guess scrutinizing the the investment deal, asking questions, what's the track record, um, and and maybe just point blank ask some of these things that we've talked about, like you know, what are the risks? What's the worst case scenario? I get asked this question a lot with investors, and I I've never heard somebody really train people to ask this, but I literally get asked it a lot. This is the question: What am I asking you that? What am I not asking you that I should be asking you, or what questions have other investors asked? that I'm not thinking about. That's a common question that I get. So passive investments give investors tremendous opportunity to participate in potentially lucrative ventures that are uncorrelated to Wall Street. However, not all opportunities are created equal and investors should be mindful not to get suckered into any, into just any deal. To become a passive investor requires a ton of behind the scenes work and going the extra mile. So here's some parting advice as we kind of wrap this up. Commit. The lucrative world of private investments are not for the weak or flaky who are quick to change their mind. Most funds will require a commitment to a long-term vision of the management and investment windows of five to seven years. Are you up to the risks? If you'd like to jump from one investment to another, this might not be for you. There are other investments out there, though. Like, we have a debt fund right now, um, which, by the way, if you're interested, just text the word DEALS to 480-531-7519. You can get into two different types of them. We've got a 12-month note and we've got a 24-month note. These are secured by mobile homes that are guaranteed by communities. And we're literally just using this as bridge note. Once we get the home set, we, refi we refinance them with a permanent. Once we get the home set, then we refinance the 12-month notes with a, a credit facility that we have. But it just doesn't allow us to order the homes and set them. It's only for the permanent financing for the residents. And so we've got deals like that. So they're not always like five to seven. Sometimes they're uh, shorter term deals. And again, um, you know, those interest rates are pretty high. You're getting um, 11 plus percent returns. It, again, if you're interested in that, just text the word deals to 480-531-7519. But anyway, my point was um, they're not always long term, but you do need to be prepared um, in the majority of these real estate type deals, even though we've got, you know, seasons where a lot of properties have been bought and sold within a one to three year window recently, that's not always going to continue on. And so you need to be prepared um, to have that money sitting. The last part is be humble. Don't expect to know everything about everything. Uh, find experts in their field and trust them. If they know what they're talking about, then it's time to just step back and let them get to work. Like I said, I'm a great active investor, but also Karen and I are really good passive investors. When I invest with people, you, I give them my money and I let them, I let them do their job. Um, to avoid bad deals, ask the right questions and do your due diligence. The more you do it, the better you're going to get at analyzing deals and recognizing red flags. So all of this at the end of the day is preparation and due diligence. It'll help you avoid bad investments and it'll lead you to become a great passive investor. So if you found value in this and you find value in the podcast, I would really appreciate it 
if you would go on, on over to iTunes or wherever you listen and just leave me a five-star review. That'll help more people get it. And I'll tell you what, if you give me a five-star review and you screenshot it and you either text it to me at 480-531-7519 or tag me on Instagram or something like that, I'm going to be giving a hat away once a week, an investing for freedom hat. So if you uh, do that for me, uh, maybe I'll send you a hat. Go out there, make it great. Hopefully this is helpful information on becoming a better passive investor. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.